And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. CFB and Friends. It's the Thanksgiving edition, guys. I'm your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. Now, last week we had one major upset, number five, Tennessee. Well, they didn't actually get upset. They actually got taken to the woodshed at South Carolina, but that was the only loss we had uh, in the top seven, number three, Michigan, and number four, TCU. Both needed a field goal at the buzzer to win, number two, Ohio State, and number seven, USC, got pushed to the limit, but they won. So we have two Saturdays left before the college football playoff field of four is set. This is rivalry week, and then we'll follow it up with championship week. We're here at Mr. CFB and friends. We're going to set it all up for you. But before we get started, we want to once again thank our sponsor, Mr. John Herson of Appa Games, the unquestioned king of quality simulation products. You'll find them at apba.com. Good stuff. So let's bring on the guys. Let's find out what we learned last week. Mr. Mark Blouser from Situate Mass. Mark, what did you learn last week? Uh, Tennessee is not Final Four worthy. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And 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 and, it's, and it could it could open up wide, really wide. If we have two more upsets this week. We could have a free for all. And we're going to discuss that when we get around our rankings. You all right, Herb Gould? Happy Thanksgiving, partner. What's uh, what did you learn last week? Well, happy Thanksgiving to you, Tony and guys. Uh, well, I, I don't know if you how much you saw that USC UCLA game, but USC can play, and, and I thought that was that was the best game I saw all season. I mean, they were back and forth, and I I can see where West Coast football is on its way back. Well, there you go. What about you, Tom Lucci from the great state of New Jersey? I just think that uh, I learned that TCU keeps getting luckier and luckier. I don't know how good they are, but they sure are lucky. And uh, listen, credit to them for that uh, last-minute rally. But at some point, Tony, they're going to face a good team. You cannot get away with that stuff against really, really good teams. And being number four in the country, they're going to face a really good team sooner or later. And as, as Mr. Lucci says, sooner or later, the clock has to strike midnight <laughs> for the Horn Frogs of TCU. You know what, guys, what I learned last week, I was yet again reminded after that day of football. Remember, we talked, we talked about last week, we said that the schedule looked a little thin. You know, there, there wasn't a whole lot going on, and that's when the weird stuff happens. But when you had that day, those finishes, the one that Lucci's talking about, the, the TCU finish, and, and you cap it off by South Carolina beating – Tennessee the way that they did nobody saw that coming we are reminded why we love this game so much it is the best reality tv ever invented so with that let's go to our hot topics Mr. Blauschen you brought my attention to this now remind me I want to make sure this is right because this this doesn't sound possible Army Navy Air Force all won last week and there was not a completed pass in any of those three games. Yeah, that was courtesy of Mr. Lucci's fine research on Sunday. Uh, three, three games won, 0 for 5 passing, I think, right, Lucci? I mean, 0 for 5. 0 for 5 and all three won. Um, <laughs> I, I'd be curious to see if that ever happened 
ever ever before where all three schools didn't throw up, uh, didn't complete a pass. That's that's a remarkable stat. That is remarkable. Uh, that that is absolutely crazy, guys. I want to bring y'all attention. I got a buddy by the name of Gene Sapakoff, who's the columnist for the Charleston, South Carolina newspaper. After Tennessee had lost to South Carolina in Columbia, the way they lost to him, he picked up the phone, called Coach Spurrier. Coach, what do you think? And he said, "Well, I almost felt sorry for Tennessee. I really did. Amazing, <laughs> amazing guy. So that that was a lot of fun." The biggest win, it was the biggest win at South Carolina, guys, since 2010. When Steve Spurrier was the head coach, they beat number one Alabama uh, uh, at Williams-Brice, and I was at that game. One other historic note I wanted to share in our hot topics, Cadillac Williams won two out of his three games as the interim coach at Auburn. He will become the first black head coach. He is an interim coach of the Iron Bowl game between Alabama and Auburn. All right, let's turn our attention to the rankings that came out Tuesday night. Uh, the top four, of course, didn't change. Obviously, with number five, Tennessee changing, uh, losing. Uh, it did change at the top. Everybody moved up a slot. I thought, let, let me, let's start here, Luch. You were talking about USC last week, and if they run the table, they're, they're your best one-loss option, it seems. Were you surprised? I will say this. I was. I was a little surprised that LSU stayed at five and USC was six. I had a feeling they might jump over them. What about you? Yeah, no, I, I was surprised a little bit. Um, again, I don't I, I don't know if the committee's not staying up late to watch these West Coast games or what the deal is, but uh, I don't know what more USC has to do, you know, to get to number five. But fortunate for them, they got Notre Dame. They got the Pac-12 championship game. Should be two more ranked teams, and LSU still has to play Georgia. Uh, so, you know, the, the opportunity, I think, will be there for uh, USC to make another move. All right, historical note with the new rankings out. No team ranked below seven, okay? No team seven or better, yeah, but no team ranked below seven in the next to the last rankings has ever gone to the playoffs. So... I'm just going to go through the top seven real quick. Georgia obviously stayed at number one. They're 11 and 0. They've got Georgia Tech on Saturday, LSU in the SEC championship game. Ohio State and Michigan, two and three, play on Saturday. That's the game of the year. TCU against Iowa State, they've struggled. The Big 12 championship game, probably against Kansas State. LSU plays Georgia five against uh, in the SEC championship game in Atlanta. That comes up on uh, December 3rd. USC, as Luch mentioned, has uh, got Notre Dame in the Pac-12 uh, Pac championship game. Alabama, I don't consider them to be in. But Mark Blouse, I'm going to let Mark Blouse, he tells me that he sees a path for number seven Alabama. Well, I do, Tony. And and, and I just I was laughing because the boys at ESPN totally dismissed that. On your show, uh, they just said Alabama has no chance. Well, it was, it was and Reese Davis. Reese Davis did it, and oh, by the way, he's an Alabama grad. Right, and and all I can tell you is that if TCU loses and and USC loses, who are you going to put in? And they they yep. argue that 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 Clemson can get in, absolutely they can get in. They said the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game getting in, absolutely they probably can get in. But I got to tell you, I mean, Alabama has to be on the table in discussion. And then if you if you go head to head and you and you look at if you go with the old 
you know, Vegas thing, who would be favored in, in an Alabama, you know, Ohio, Ohio Alabama, Michigan game, you know, after Michigan suffers a loss or Ohio State suffers a loss? I don't know. So, and, 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 and uh, Alabama also has two losses by, by basically two plays. So I think the nature of the defeat for the Big Ten uh, on Saturday will be a key factor. I think people better watch how that game is played as well as who wins. All right. Here, we're going to play a little game, fellas. Agree or disagree? I'm going to start here. Here's one, here's one scenario. Agree or disagree? If, if LSU beats Georgia for the SEC championship, LSU and Georgia are both in. Okay. The undefeated Big Ten champion is in. A 13-0 TCU is in. And then you've got 12-1 USC, 12-1 T or 12-1 TCU. Are those two teams out? But let's go back to what I said. Georgia, LSU are both in if LSU beats Georgia. TCU is in. Big Ten champion is in. Tom, agree or disagree? Agree. I would agree with that, Tony. Yeah. One thing I would say too, and I and I've been critical of the Big Twelve this year and who TCU has played. But having said that, the last place team in the Big Twelve, Iowa State, has has beaten the West Division champion in the Big Ten, Iowa. So I don't know what to make of anything anymore. All right. Here's a, another another scenario. Agree or disagree? Georgia beats LSU in the SEC championship game. Georgia is in. The Big Ten champion is in. 13 and 0 TCU is in. Who's number four? Herb Gould is is number four. If it's USC. Michigan, if, it, if it's USC. Michigan, it's USC. Yeah, I think USC because you know my, my credentials. Uh, let's get as many conference champions into this playoff as we can. Um, yeah, I, I don't see how you can leave out you know a one loss USC. Uh, you know, I, I, but on the other hand, sometimes we, when we have these conversations, we're talking about what we think they're going to do. And, and a lot of times, you know, I think about, I think about what they should do, but in my mind, USC. Well, I think, I think you're right about that. All right. Let's, let's, what is it going to take Mark Blauschen for the big 10 to get two teams in? Let, let's say, for example, oh, first of all, if Michigan beats Ohio state, why does it seem more likely, Mark, that if Michigan beats Ohio State, the Big Ten's got a better chance to get two in? Is it, I guess it's because Michigan's weak non-conference schedule. But you tell me, how does the Big Ten get two teams in? Well, I think we I think discussed it. It's, it's it's a narrow field goal loss, one loss, and if Ohio State loses, they beat Notre Dame, which is a now a quality win. Um, Michigan has a tougher time getting in with a loss in Ohio State, I think. Because because they they if they lose who's their quality win against uh, Herb I, I I don't know who's their Penn quality State, win probably. against yeah Penn State Penn State you okay know, I, yeah. I agree you know it's got for the Big Ten to get two in it's I think it's got to be Michigan beating Ohio State close um, because Michigan just isn't getting any respect you know I mean you guys I mean this podcast of, is as as a great an example as any that they're just getting carved up about this non conference schedule which. I think is ancient history, you know, they, but at the same time, they don't have the tradition the same way that Ohio state, uh, that Georgia and Alabama get a little extra buzz in the playoff discussion. Ohio state gets that too. And Michigan does not. Luch, what, what, what about Clemson? 
ultimately what's the what's the issue with Clemson? Because Clemson, Clemson's got a shot here now. North Carolina losing didn't help them as they get ready for the ACC championship game. But you're talking about Clemson with a chance uh, to finish 12 and one, only lost to Notre Dame, win the ACC championship. But they don't. They're they're sitting here right now. Uh, they're sitting right now at, at number eight. If I got that right, number eight, and they they they're not getting any love at all. Oh, you watch the games, Tony. Does that look like one of the four best teams in the country? No, they don't. I don't think so either. Quarterbacks so either. inconsistent. Defense can be good for healthy. Right. Quarterbacks very inconsistent. And and it's going to be hard to get past that uh, one-sided uh, Notre Dame loss, especially since you can you listen. Herb mentioned you can spin this any way you want. I mean, Notre Dame has lost to let's be honest, has lost to Marshall and Stanford. Mm. Okay, and and Clemson got pounded by Notre Dame, and I'm not sure that the ACC is strong enough for them to make the jump. Having said that, if there's a collapse and TCU loses and USC loses, um, you know, L LSU losing to Georgia, sure, sure, it's possible. But, uh, you know, beyond that, no, I, I think the schedule hurts them, the ACC hurts them, and that loss to Notre Dame, the way it happened hurts them. Well, this this is going to be interesting. It makes this weekend interesting. It's really, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of drama real drama here in a couple of years, but this week and next week have a chance to give us uh, a whole lot of drama. All right. Now let's move on to the coaching carousel. Uh, guys, we still got seven openings, Auburn, Wisconsin, Nebraska, South Florida, Colorado, Georgia tech, and Arizona state. Wait, is Auburn open, Tony? Alle allegedly. Oh, listen, okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought it up because Lane you you got you you got that was love. a great troll. You of the guy gotta who, love you gotta uh, love that was a great troll. I mean, for 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 a guy for a coach to do that, you know, with it with the breaking story there, and, and he just take he reverses it right on him and said, right. "Well, this guy's going to another." And I, we got sources and all that kind of stuff. Here here is the issue. Everybody's going to be watching the Egg Bowl on Thursday, Thanksgiving night, wondering if it's going to be Lane Kiffin's last game at Ole Miss. I'm just telling you guys. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. But I just. I. I was told that this this decision is coming very soon, and it's going to come soon. It's going to come. I think it's going to come Friday morning. But uh, you tell me, Mark Blash, and what what kind of game is Lane Kiffin playing there? Is he he's just trying to run the clock because his team looked awful last week. Well, I, I think I think Lane is is playing games, and then. And giving himself an, an escape if if, it, if something happens, but I also think he can he can go with the famous we all know the quote that was then this is now. I mean he made that quote that that statement on Tuesday, and all of a sudden you know Auburn offers him you know seven ten million dollars a year, eleven million dollars a year for seven years or ten years. They go well, I I, I considered it and it was an offer I couldn't refuse, and people forget about thirty seconds. I mean that's just the way the world goes now. I mean I would not rule him out because of what he said. But he gives himself a little angle of escape in case it doesn't work out. Hey, Tony, I'm more interested in if he takes the Auburn job, where does he go three, four years after that? What's his next job? <laughs> How about the Oakland Raiders? <laughs> oh, they've been there, done that, right? Been, been there, been there, done that. Well, I agree with I agree with Blau. I mean, what what Kiffin's doing, he he's he's in a good situation. His his agent Jimmy Sexton is telling him that. I said you don't have you don't have to say anything. We're going to either get you a great, 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 great contract at Ole Miss, but we're going to make Auburn 
paid like crazy because they've made it clear they have not tried to hide the fact that you're their guy. Okay, no, they've not tried to hide it at all. So I think that that's going to be interesting uh, as we get there. Uh, guys, Kirby Smart became only the third coach in SEC history to since divisional play, since they went to divisional play in 92, go would have back-to-back undefeated season, regular seasons in conference play. Nick Saban did it, uh, and Steve Spurrier did it, are the other two guys. That did, just a little historical note. Uh, we cannot have a coaching carousel without having our weekly Jimbo Fisher misery index. And he beat U UMass last week. God bless him. He hosts LSU. Maybe he could salvage the season if they could beat LSU. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. So we will see it. Let's just put it this way. It's going to be a very eventful and uncomfortable off season there. All right. With that, let's get to the fun part of the show. We go every week. I'm happy to report. Locksmith, have I got this right? Oh, boy. You were one and four last week. One, and four, and one. <laughs> one four, and one, and you won <laughs> among all the pickers because I was one, four, and one. Mr. Blauschen tells me that's like being four at five, the uh, – that's like being at the uh, top of the favor <laughs> pledge class of the Delta Tau Cal pledge class. But what's amazing, Tony, about this and the whole thing about gambling, which is why we don't get involved ourselves. Um, you know, the, the Syracuse-Wake Forest game is a perfect example. I like, like Wake minus 10. They're up 24. Syracuse comes back. So now it's a 10-point game. Okay. It's going to be a push. Syracuse driving again. There's 15 seconds left. And the announcers on cue say, you know, the philosophy here is you take the field goal and then you, you try the onside kick and throw the Hail Mary with 15 seconds left down 10. Sure enough, Syracuse trots out the field goal kicker. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm joining the boys. I'm going to be one and five. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, he missed a chippy field goal. That's number one. And number two, Mark and I talked about this. I don't care what the reason was. Stanford was down 10 points to Cal kicked a 61-yard field goal on the final play of the game to make it 27-20. The over-under was 46. You tell me what this what a 61-yard field goal was doing in the last play of the game. Mark said it. See, he wanted to give the kicker a chance uh, to set a school record. That's all well and good. The optics don't look good. As our, as our friend Brett Musburger used to say, that field goal was very important to some people who live in the so, desert. To a lot so. of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. All right, Locksmith, here we go. Michigan plus seven and a half <coughs> at Ohio State. You like the Wolverines and the points. With the caveat, and a couple of games are going to be like this this week, Tony, only if Corm's playing. If he's not playing. Sure. You know, because, listen, let's be honest. I think the best way with Michigan's defense, and Herb, you can probably back me up on this, if if Michigan can play a little keep away with Corum, that's the best way to beat Ohio State. I mean, don't let that powerful offense on the field get 40-45 on you, because I don't think Michigan's going to be able to score 40 or 45 to win this game. You know, I, I think they need to keep it in the 27-23 area, you know, or, or 2017, you know, a game like that. But they need to have Corum healthy. And uh, Coach Harbaugh is playing at Coy, so we don't know what his what uh, Corum's status is. Herb, you hadn't heard anything out there in Big Ten country about Corum? Yeah, not really. And you know, after last week, I mean, when I saw when I saw um, what um, the Illinois running back did to that ankle, I thought there's no way that he's going to be a, a factor in that Michigan game. And he came back very nicely. And Corum, 
You know, he, he ran okay in that second half after the injury. But he only, yeah, he only had one carry in the second half, Herb. Was it only one? Oh, yeah, my. it was only one I carry in the second half. Oh, well, then, yeah. yeah, then that's a big question. And I, you know what, I, I agree with what Luch is saying. If they don't have quorum, it's kind of a different a different animal, you know, in terms of whether they can hang within a touchdown. But if they do have him, then, then I like Michigan getting points. Well, I'll tell you this. The most happiest guy in the world when South Carolina beat Tennessee was Billy Napier at Florida because his team was boo awful last week and losing to Vanderbilt. Florida State minus nine and a half, Luch. You're going to take Florida State and give the points against Four the Gators? State wins, Tony, by 25 points or more for the uh, Seminoles. Seminoles. Wow. Six, six of their eight this year by 25 or more. They're on a roll. I give uh, Norville a lot of credit. Uh, you can't like what you saw from Florida last week against Vanderbilt. You can't. I mean, Anthony bad. Richardson's basically the whole offense. So, yeah, I, I, Florida State at home. This is a game they want. They're on a roll. It's hard to stop that kind of roll if you're Florida. All right. Oregon State going to give five, three and a half over Oregon. Oregon State's the home team. I guess that's got something to do with it. Oregon's yeah. got, Oregon can still make the Pac-12 championship game, right? Oregon can still make the Pac-12 championship game. and uh, But Oregon State's the, eight and three, which a lot of people don't realize. And they no. lost the USC by three to Washington by three. I mean, this is a, this is a good team, you know? Uh, and, and since they switched quarterbacks to Bill Branson, uh, they're five and one, you know, since he took over for the, uh, mm -hmm. that injured uh, chance Nolan. So I think this is a good team. I know it's at Oregon, but you know, these, I, I'm sorry, it's at Oregon state. That's an advantage. It's a rivalry game. I mean, it could be, you know, to me, you take the points in this kind of rivalry game because I think they're equal teams at this point. Got it. This one surprised me a little bit that you pick. You, you're going to take a Notre Dame plus five playing at USC. I mean, USC get, gets the big win over UCLA last week. Uh, Notre Dame, good, not great. USC, great quarterback. But you like Notre Dame and taking the points. Yeah, because uh, USC has a tendency to play uh, a lot of close games, as, as we saw last week, or at least a few of them. And Notre Dame's coming in off five straight wins. Drew Pine's improving. Uh, I think... USC wins the game, but I think this is a typical USC kind of win mm. where they win 45-42, uh, you know, and, and so the points there look uh, look pretty tempting. I, I You know, again, this uh, to me, this is a totally different Notre Dame team than the one that lost to Marshall and Stanford. Totally different. You like Washington minus two, giving, uh, giving two to Washington State. Yeah, Washington he, minus two at Washington State. Here, here's my only uh, the only thing I would say about that. That game starts seven hours after. And I don't know why they should do like the NFL does, you know, the last weekend or baseball does. I think baseball does it where you start the games at the same time, you know, for the contenders. Um, Oregon wins. They're in the Pac-12 championship game. That's a 3.30 Eastern start. And, and 10.30 is Washington, Washington State. Uh, if oh. Washington has nothing to play for, then I don't like to pick as much. But if Washington's playing for the Pac-12 championship game, which they will be doing if Oregon loses, then I, I really like Washington. And the, co the coach of, the, of that team always says, well, we won't let our players know what the score is. Yeah, right. Michael Penix is, is having a great – I mean, you got to love this guy. He's not going to be in the Heisman conversation. He's just having a phenomenal year. All right. Best bet from the locksmith says Kansas State minus 12 over Kansas. That's a yeah, lot of that's a, that's a lot of points. Yeah, well, Kansas is in kind of a free fall now. Um, what we're seeing, Tony. I, I mean, it's just and and Kansas State, uh, you know, is is starting. To, this is the Big Twelve championship uh, game chance for them. They win this game, they're in. 
So it's really that simple. And, and they showed last week they don't need Adrian Martinez to play quarterback to, to be effective. Will Howard's done a great job. I just, uh, it's hard to like what Kansas has done in the past four or five weeks. It's just not, it's five, since going 5-0 and oh to start, and everybody was raving about Kansas, they're 1-5. Well, there you go. There you go. All right, let's take a few more, uh, open it up to the other guys. Uh, Mark Blauschen, Iowa State getting 10 and a half at TCU. 10 and a half is a lot of points. Which way would you it, go it, there? It is a lot of points, and I, I would tend to take TCU, except they don't play any anybody anybody with blowouts. They play everybody close. So I might take the 10 and a half. I think TCU is going to win the game. I don't think there's any way they can lose the game uh, playing at home like that. But but I will be hesitant to take to take uh, a TCU given that many points because the nature of the beast is they they don't like success uh, uh, before their final buzzer. So I, I think they pull around with it. Well, guys, let me give you my double platinum lock of the week. Oh, double platinum lock of the week. Auburn getting 21 and a half at Alabama. Mm. Auburn Auburn has been playing in another gear since Carnell Williams took over as the interim coach. Obviously, Auburn's not going to win the game. I've heard from a lot of, well, what if Auburn win? Auburn's not going to win win the game. But 21 and a half at Alabama for a team they're they're not going to make the playoffs. That's going to be that's going to be my double platinum lock of the week. Uh Herb Gould, what about South Carolina after that great beatdown of Tennessee? Now they turn around and go on the road and play the state rival Clemson. The way that they played unbelievable last week, South Carolina getting 14 and a half. What about Spencer Rattler and can, can South Carolina cover that 14? Yeah, I like that 14 and a half. I mean, if they get the quarterback play that they got last week, that's an awfully good number to pick. I like the Gamecocks there. This is the only thing I would warn you, Herb, because uh, I, I like researching this stuff, is that Bradley had that phenomenal game, uh, six touchdown passes through for 400-plus yards. In the uh, For the season leading up to that game, he had eight touchdown passes, nine interceptions. It was averaging less than 200 yards passing per game. So was that a one-game fluke, I, uh, Tennessee? I don't know. That's the only thing I'd be well, wary of. Yeah, you know, the other part of it is you know, I don't know that this Clemson is the Clemson that we've been used to seeing. Right. You know, I, I, that's part of it, too. It, yeah. You're, you're absolutely right, Luch. You know, is it was that lightning in a bottle last week. But I'm, I'm just I, I know I look at that Clemson schedule and, and the fact that we're having even a conversation that there's a possibility of them being in the playoff. I, I just don't see this as the typical Clemson team. Well, Jefferson stop points. Clemson's playing for a spot. I mean. And they they not only have to win, but they have to get, get people impressed with how they win. Mm -hmm. So they're playing at home. Watch out. Yeah, I think that that is the X factor there. The fact that Clemson's still in the playoff discussion, I think that's going to be interesting. And and Herb, you raised a, a good point about what Spencer Rattler did. You know, is, is that a one shot deal? Uh, when South Carolina upset Alabama in 2010, they had a quarterback South Carolina a quarterback by the name of Steven Garcia he played the game of his life against Alabama he never played that well before he never played that well again that was his one shot so I think we're gonna we're gonna find out if Spencer this was that was Spencer Rattler's one shot at glory well that's true but you know to do it against Tennessee holy cow that we thought Tennessee was you know really right there 
I ripped into Tennessee. They were not ready to play. Their, their defense was clearly not ready to play uh, on, on that, and it cost them a whole lot. Yeah, but, so we should yeah. mention it too, Tony. Hennon uh, Hooker being out, what a shame because uh, – Terrible. You know, one less Heisman guy, that's the, the secondary part of it, but he was having such a, a, a great season. It's just – you hate to see that happen to guys who are – you know, have elevated their team, their program, an entire state, really. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, and that's a kid who had a bright future and may still have one, but it certainly changes the way the pros look at him. Yeah. Well, in one fell swoop, they lose their Tennessee loses their quarterback. They lose the chance to go to the playoffs. Uh, it's all gone in one fell swoop. Probably get to the Sugar Bowl when all this when all is said and done, and we'll see. It was such a silly play, too. I mean, it was like yeah. he just it was an contact play. Yeah. 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 Those no, are always absolutely. the worst, Herb. Those are always the worst injuries and not the not contact. All right. Very, very quick here about speaking about the Heisman. I Herb, I did get a chance to watch about the last eight or nine minutes of that USC UCLA game. I had not seen Caleb Williams play for any exterior extended period of time. The dude can play. Herb, yeah. the dude, the dude yeah. can play. Isn't it? I, I know he's getting a lot of attention for that now, but I think Blau mentioned last week, and, and I still think it's true that the, the the candidate in that last group who finishes strong is going to be the guy who emerges. But, yep. you know, Caleb Williams, if he does that to Notre Dame, that's pretty good Notre Dame defense at this point in the season. He does that again, and he's going to get a lot more notice too. Well, it's going to be interesting now because of the Heisman. Obviously, we mentioned Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, big game coming up. Uh, this weekend, Hendon Hooker is out. Drake May did not have a good game against Ooh. Georgia. Against Georgia Tech, that I was watched ugly. some of that, Tony. He didn't throw a touchdown pass, and he was uh, at right. a season low. I mean, that was that was just that probably knocked him out of it. You know, yep. one game, one bad game, knocked him out mm -hmm. late in the season. You know, Blake Corum had a Corum had a hundred and eight yards before he got hurt. Right. I don't know how that impacts him. My man Stetson Bennett only had one hundred and sixteen yards against Kentucky. So I think we got it down to just a few guys it's going to be but Blau is absolutely right we'll check back on championship Saturday and we'll find out a lot more uh, than we know now okay we're going to wrap it up it's been another good show now before we go what's guys it is rivalry week a lot is still on the line what's the biggest question you have about the fourth Saturday in November let's start with you Blau um, the biggest question I have is um, I want to. I'm really curious about Ohio State, Michigan. I want. I I have a feeling that Ohio State is going to try and make this a 55 to 14 game like a couple years ago. I mean, they got everything. That, Brian Day has already said it was scarred from last year's game, so he's already setting up the the week for thing. And, and if Michigan is a little bit a little bit wounded, I mean, Ohio State will will put up points as quickly as they can for, for not only style points but to get rid of Michigan. So that's the game that most intrigues me in terms of that. And obviously. TCU, obviously the ongoing story with TCU. Can they keep on winning? Herb, what, what are you looking at? What's your big question well, this weekend? Well, you know, Blau mentioned, I mean, obviously, you know, is Corum ready? Can Michigan put up the kind of game that, that we've kind of been thinking they might be able to put up? But at this point also, you know, can USC build off of that that big UCLA game when it plays Notre Dame and state its case? Or, you know, is it, you know, did it, did it uh, kind of lose all of it? You know, did it? Is it going to have a hangover? You know, that's a, that was a pretty emotional game with a, a packed Rose Bowl. So, you know, can USC keep rolling is, is one that's a big question in my mind against a, a much improved Notre Dame. What about you, Tom Lucci? Well, hard to look past uh, Michigan, Ohio State, Tony, but I would say two things about it. Why is it a noon game? 
Oh yeah. Should that be at seven thirty at night? Fox. Well, they have night games. But that yeah, game has always do, been a noon game. Okay. They do. They do that. They they you know, use that eleven to twelve oh. pregame show to use it as a, a lead in. It's about building an audience and keeping an audience, okay. and that's why they play. But that, the second part of that is I'm very uh, I'm very intrigued by this because I've been reading uh, Coach Harbaugh's quotes all week. The arrogance isn't there. He's been very subdued. That scares me if I'm Ohio State. Yeah. I want to see if he's kind of. If he's kind of playing a little coy there, I, I think he is. I've read a lot of quotes where he's praising Ohio State players and, uh, you know, just things that you don't normally hear from a guy who's generally confident to the point of arrogant. So let's see what happens there. Yeah, Ooh, if he loses, he's going to the Rose Bowl game. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, well, you know, know what, though? I think you guys to the point this is a better michigan team it's a yeah. different michigan team because it's it's a team that can play up front that's a really good offensive line and and you know if they don't have a healthy quorum that changes the equation sure if, if he can play that's i i think i think harbaugh knows what he has he's got a team that can play in the trenches more so than yeah. in the past he, he he knows he can physically line up with ohio state and do what he wants i just to find do. it interesting tony that's all no, that, no that's can, a great that yeah, is he's a, been subdued this week and he's been effusive in his praise of ohio state and it's just that's not normal <laughs> right well i want to i want to see what i'm looking forward to. I, I mentioned to you about the auburn alabama point spread i think that's i think that's an interesting to watch uh, the lsu texas a&m game normally that in years past that's been a good game does Texas A&M salvage its season, or do they just lay down? And if they if they do, uh, our man Jimbo Fisher is going to get ripped very very badly. All right, before we go, we again want to thank our sponsor, Appa Games. You can find them at apbagames.com. Please remember our website, TMG College Sports, under si.com/college/tmg. Mr. Blauschen's Newsmaker of the Week is there. All of us have our team picks on Friday. I got a sweet tea with Tony B. Uh, looking at another wonderful memory. Look back at the first Iron Bowl that was ever played at Auburn on December 2nd, 1989. I was there. It was one of the most emotional games I've ever seen. I want to thank our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, and Maria Barnhart. We love you guys. Thanks for your help. Have a great week 14 of college football for Mark Blauschen, Herb Gould, and Tom Lucci. This is Tony Barnhart. Thanks for joining us on Mr. CFB and Friends. Be safe and carry on.